The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to our emergency podcast. Emergency. 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 Uh, Push that button. Push that button. And yes, it is an alarm setter. It is one that's going to send shockwaves and have people talking for days and days. But Tuesday, normally a day off in the midseason schedule, turns out to be a pretty big, significant day for the Detroit Lions franchise, not only this year, but certainly going forward. Uh, before we get into all that, let me introduce myself. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor of Friday Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. You can see right there if you're watching live on Twitch. With me is my co-host, Chris Perfett, the adequate, for now. adequate co-host. For now, for now. We'll, we'll get into that sometime later. Probably not in this Ed podcast. man walking. Uh, <laughs> you can find him at Chris Perfett. That won't change. I promise you that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just jump right into it. Um, the Lions announced, uh, the, the Fords in kind of a rare move pulled together part of the media on Tuesday morning, uh, to a small group and Sheila was there. Obviously Martha was there. Uh, I believe Rod Wood was there. Um, basically the whole gang that that's currently running this Detroit Lions team was there, pulled everyone aside and told everyone, even before they told Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, that those two would be hanging around again in 2020, meaning there will be no regime change this offseason. There will no be no sweeping changes, although it has been alluded to that there will be some changes within the, the coaching staff. Um, those have yet to be revealed yet. But I think this is the big news. After you know seven-game losing streak, a team that is now guaranteed to have back-to-back losing, uh, 10-game losing seasons, uh, 10 lost seasons, uh, back-to-back last place finishes for the first time since 2008-2009. Um, the Lions are cool with that. The Lions are going to go into year three under this duo's reign over the franchise. And people have emotions. People have opinions. And we are certainly amongst why those do you people think that I'm have here? opinions. Yes, this is why Chris is here. Because while I wouldn't say we're opposite sides of the coin i think we, we're not exi- we're certainly not on the same I, sides of the coin let's let's get to the let's get to the important facts first jeremy sure. um first off 
very soon, probably in about five, ten years, the Lions could be owned by someone named Sheila Hemp. So that's exciting. That's very <laughs> exciting. Uh, you know, legalization has come very fast to Detroit, yep. to Michigan. Uh, I am happy about our future here at Hemp Field. It's going to be uh, it's going to be excellent. I think it's going to be wonderful. Um, no, so first off, just real quick. It's funny because we just did this uh, conversation about, hey, uh, you know, sell the, should the Fords sell the team? Are they too hands off? Do they not care about what's going on? And uh, hey, look, they came out and did a, uh, they did something for you guys. They talked. They came out. They did exactly what I, what I asked them to do, which was get sure. out there and say something. And they did exactly what I think any owner should do in a situation like this. If you're going to stick with your you know, front office and coaching staff, come out and say it. So they did that. So I don't really want to hear the criticisms. And I also want to lift a middle finger to the people who were spreading the Jeff Bezos rumor because yep. of all people in the world, like you choose probably the worst human being to own the Detroit Lions in your theoretical universe. Jeff bleeping Bezos. Come on, man. Who out here in 2019, soon 2020, is like, hey, Jeff Bezos, that's a cool guy. <laughs> like, how many more stories do we need to know about Amazon people literally worked down to the stump of their arms and say, yes, he gets to own the team in a incredibly blue collar, incredibly union heavy state plus city. Come on. Seriously, I don't. I don't like that. Um, and, and just to be clear, what what you're speaking on is there was there was rumors that Jeff Bezos had had conversations with the Ford you know family. What, can we just drag them through the mud right now. I mean, you can, I feel you like can, being uh, petty. But here's just really quick. Here's the thing: like they didn't exactly deny those rumors completely. They said there, there's no plan. So the the factual part of their the, the rumors were that maybe Jeff Bezos has had conversations no, with the Ford family. Don't qualify this. Don't qualify but, this. But then someone went and and predicted that the Bezos would buy him in 2020. What the Ford family said is we've been approached about interest in buying the team, but there's been no serious discussions and the Ford family has plans to own the team. And there's plans to ensure that that continues to happen. So Fords are owning the team for, for a very long time. We, we don't need to worry about that. It's whether just, it's whether Bezos has approached them or not is immaterial at this point, because as has been the case for decades now, the Fords have shown time and time again, they have no interest in selling the team. So not not to put myself put down in my am I yeah not not to say like not to demean my own profession that I've worked on and perfected over the course of seven years, but um the fact that this came out of some no name podcast and then immediately got run through a uh, content mill that is now masquerading in the skin of one of the great institutions of sports journalism in this country and those people get to have a pass to say whatever the fuck they want and get those legacy credentials making everyone else look bad like those people are trash uh they shouldn't have a job ever again and you're a disgrace to the sports journalism business which isn't which is really hard to be a disgrace to this is a field that has zero shame whatsoever there's there's zero shame and zero credibility and somehow you were able to get less than that and uh, bleep off uh, Sports Illustrated Maven. Like, what the hell are you people doing over there? Like, honest to God, like, the, the fact that I might just be getting my walking papers here because of California law in a few weeks is making me very open. And I'm just going to say it. Like, you guys are a disgrace. You're a, you're Put that on your website, man. Chris Perfett is calling the people at Lions Maven Sports Illustrated a fucking disgrace. 
And uh, there we go. Top, top streamers who have sworn on Twitch. This is no longer a good, clean Christian Twitch. I'm sorry. We're way off topic. I've had that boiling in my head for a couple days now. And uh, I've, I've looked to find a place to be incredibly <clears throat> unprofessional about this. Because it hurts guys like Jeremy, who's busting his ass over there, uh, doing what I wanted to do, which is be in that pit. You know, uh, and making a good name for new media. And, you know, you they get to wear the skin of Sports Illustrated and spread dumbass rumors. Anyways, I, I so. I'm I'm not going to speak on that, but I, I see where you're coming from. I, I, I want to turn this focus a little bit more into the decision because. Yes. No, I'm sorry. I took it off the no, rails immediately. No, this is what's going to okay. be lost when I'm gone. <laughs> I, you, Jeremy is going to have this so much more focus than I ever will be. <laughs> that's uh, that that's a good and bad thing i think but we'll like i said we'll get into all that later um let's talk about our thoughts on the the tough i, I think it was at least a tough decision uh that the, the ford family made here by keeping matt patricia bob quinn um i have a, an article coming out in about 20 minutes basically this i think it's kind of a lose-lose situation for the ford family for mm-hmm. for the detroit lions organization we, we've gone over it a little bit already on this podcast before but I mean, when your options are blow things up completely after just two years of roster building or stick with a 9-20-1 and team, you're, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. There is no good option out of those two. There is no Lombardi trophy waiting behind door number three in 2020 or in 2021. Um, you, you're, you're left between two options that, I mean, one, the regime changes every two years. We've, we've seen how that's worked out in the past, and it's not worked out very well. And with two bad seasons behind them, we've also not seen a lot of examples of good turnarounds in year three. Yes, they do exist. Yes, I know you all are probably screaming Kyle Shanahan until my ears bleed. That's not, that's not the rule. That is the exception. That is the wild exception. And there hasn't been a lot of signs of progress with this team. There hasn't been a lot of signs of progress in this defense. Yes, injuries are... are need to be part of the factor in into why 2019 was such an abject failure, but it's not, it's not a good enough excuse for, for where this team is playing. So I throw all that together and I look at these two options and I think, why not try one more? Why not see if a healthy team, if just remove all possible doubt of this group of players and coaches not being the answer. Give them one more year. Give them so that they can't have an excuse. Give them so they can't have an excuse of, you know, Matthew Stafford going down or, or their defense getting imploded by injuries. One thing that I thought was very clear and very interesting about what the Ford family said, and, and, and I believe it was Miss Hemp who said it, uh, she, she essentially gave them an ultimatum. Like, it wasn't a, a, you know, clear, concise ultimatum, but it certainly sounded like an ultimatum. And, and let me read it. Uh, verbatim so that I don't mess it up here. Uh, she says, uh, this is actually Martha Fire, Firestone Ford, so it was actually the owner that said this. We expect to be a playoff contender uh, in parentheses next year. Those are expectations which we've expect to both Bob and Matt. So that, I mean, that's clear to me. If they don't make the playoffs next year, they're gone, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. If the Lions get injured next year, if, if, if Matthew Stafford goes down week one, doesn't matter. They've been given this ultimatum at this point. Let's hang them one more year and hang around with them for one more year. If it doesn't work out, then we'll all hold hands. We'll we'll throw the the franchise in in the dumpster fire and sing kumbaya while while we figure out what the future of this franchise is all over again. That's where so, I'm at. 
We're starting from the same base. I think this is a decision that the Lions were damned either way. Uh, there was no good option out of this because we are near almost the twilight of uh, of this offense as it currently exists, and a lot of that comes on how many more years are you going to get prime Stafford? You're going to probably get it in 2020. You will probably get some in 2021. After that, I don't know. Uh, this back injury is beyond worrying, folks. I'm not saying his career is over. I'm not saying it's Tony Romo. But you are not going to get back the same Stafford after suffering an injury like that. You're just not. And it does shorten the timetable. The The team does start to take on more and more of the money of Stafford's contract as it goes on. So it limits what you can do. And I, I'm just, you have to start planning for the future. So I, I get it that you don't want to start trying to change horses midstream as you're fording or whatever it is, uh, dysentery, Oregon trail, things of that nature. But you know, it's, it's a damned if you do damned if you don't, cause you're talking about a coach that has gone three, one and seven and a, I mean, no three a point, sorry, point three, one seven as your winning percentage. You're talking about a front office general manager who has more swing and misses with that baseball blat, uh, bat of his than he, than he does hits. So his batting average is pretty low too, if we're being honest about it. And honestly, like one of the worst blitzing defenses in the in the NFL, in the bottom of defense efficiency for both years that he's been there. The only thing this team has been able to hang its hats on are near misses and kind of forgettable wins against the Patriots in 2018 and the Chiefs in 2019 that were supposed and the near loss to the Chiefs in 2019. They're supposed to hearken on, hey, there's a lot of potential here, and then we never see it. But again, I get it from a logical side. I really do. This is the smart move. This is the safe move. This is what you do because you just don't know what the future is going to hold. Here's more. I, here's my problems with it, and I'm going to. I, I I'm I'm going to put aside my issues with Patricia for a second. I'm going to put aside my issues. All those things I alluded to about his winning record. I'm going to put aside all those things I alluded to about how I don't think his foundation is good. I don't think his foundation is good. And if the foundation isn't good, there's no reason wasting your time on it, regardless how many times you bleat. Well, what we don't want to be the Cleveland Browns. We don't want to be constantly changing coaches. It doesn't matter. The, the, the foundation's not good. But I'm going to put all those sides a second. Here's my concern about what happens when you give them a third year. And most importantly, Jeremy, with a third year that you're talking about with an ultimatum. Because you say it's more or less an ultimatum. You, you would agree with me that what Martha Ford and Sheila have given uh, Quinn, the Boston boys, is an ultimatum. Be a playoff contender in 2010 at 20, correct? Sure. I mean, okay. the, the wording playoff contender is kind of like, well, does that mean yeah. make the playoffs yeah, or contend you have for the leniency. playoffs? You have leniency yeah. there. But right. I'm just saying yeah. it means it, show it, progress. Show progress. And to put that out to the media to me is is important. If, if they're telling the media that's that, like, they mean it. Okay, but here's my concern, and I'm going to jump across the streams to another Detroit sport. I'm going to take us back to the final year of Stan Van Gundy with the Detroit Pistons. Do you know what Stan Van Gundy was doing when he... He wasn't under an ultimatum, but you know what he was doing when he was under pressure? What did he do, Jeremy? I know you're not a Pistons guy. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> He traded away first round draft picks to, and, you know, a whole okay. bunch of things 
to get Blake Griffin in a Hail Mary move to save that season. The Pistons are still not over what he did in order to save his job. That is my concern right now by not only bringing these guys back for a third year, but also hanging a sword above their head. You, because they are going to start, I, I guarantee this, they will start making short-term decisions for win now that will impact the Detroit Lions in the future. We are talking right now about, hey, what's, what are the Lions going to do in the 2020 draft? I guarantee you now that trading up and giving away future first-round draft picks is going to be a much more likely uh, scenario. I believe that trading midseason away draft picks to add pieces, being buyers, making unsustainable contracts is going to be on the table. Why? Because you need to win in 2020 in order to keep your jobs. That's the problem here. That's the problem here. And that's why I was always, that's was lurking under with everything else, with all my problems with Patricia is why I was leery about keeping them for a third year because any third year would come with the assumption that they need to start, you know, running things as if they're trying to save their jobs. And when you're trying to save your jobs, you're not worried about what's going to come down the pike in 2021. You're not worried about what's going to come down the pike in 2022. Make those decisions now, now, now. The shareholders are mad. Show short-term profit. And that's a problem, man, because we know how, how many times has that worked out? How many times has that worked out for an organization to sell all that stuff? Because yeah, maybe if it works out in the short term, great. You get a great year. Maybe they make the playoffs. They're a playoff contender. And then guess what? There's no future. There's no future. There's no future. It's it's a very interesting point, and it's actually one that Matt Patricia was asked about today. You know, hours after, um, you know, the the announcement came down through through the media, and you know, he he kind of gave a typical you know, coach answer just saying, you know, well, the goal never changes. We're always trying to win every week and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's, it, it's an interesting concern and it is an interesting idea. If, if this team is going to change their, their overall method. And I would, I would say in year three, the urgency should have been on anyways, and they should be at a point where they should be contending and hopefully not making, you know, long to or short term view plays. Um, Obviously, in the first two years, they have, right? I mean, they, they traded away Golden Tate. They traded away Quandre Diggs. Those are both moves that hurt the team in the short term and helped in the long term. It'll be interesting to see if they do something like that next year. I, 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 I'm not That's my worry. I'm not far. saying it's yeah. going to happen, but I think it's, it's logical to happen. Knowing how people operate when sure. their jobs, when their high-priced, very important jobs are under the gun, people act in the short term. It is how human beings work. And that is my concern because, again, I saw it with the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons traded away their future to get Blake Griffin, who is a proven, a very good player, a proven player. But it also means that the Pistons, for the, for the next couple of years after they had gotten Griffin, didn't have first-round draft picks. And that's really needed to grow in the NBA. And they had to suffer without those draft picks as slowly pieces began to move away. So... Yeah, I could I just I see them making like it's I'm not saying it could happen, but that's what you that's when you give them a that that's the one problem I have with what the Fords did. They gave him an ultimatum. 
because now all like you kind of have to because it pleases the fans. But at the same time, once again, it holds themselves accountable too, too, right? It holds them accountable, but at the same time, it also puts them in oh shit mode. It's time to start really crunching on that final exam there, buddy. It's time to start burning everything you can to win. Nick Nick Coscarelli in in our Twitch chat brings up a really good point that might be the litmus test of whether they're doing that or not, and that's Darius Slay. If they they keep Darius Slay, maybe that is a sign that they're all about the short term. If they trade him, it's a sign that they're still kind of going through this process of, of purging old talent and bringing in new talent. Um, I, don't think, that- I don't think Slay is going to be the litmus test, though. I, no? I really don't. I, I No, I, I really don't because it's already proven like that Slay is not on board with whatever they're doing. It could go one way or another. If Slay is okay. part of a package to improve your draft capital or to get something that you think is going to better serve you in free agency, it could be a short term, too. I think the smart long term is, of course, signing him to a to a long term deal. But at the same time, like if you if you start front loading, I don't know. The slate slate's interesting. I I can't. Uh, my crystal ball is not clear there. Yeah. On that, I I'm just saying, like if they were to trade him for like a second round pick, that to mm-hmm. me is a long term play because your second round pick Maybe. isn't expected to turn around a franchise, especially right. in a way that Darius Slate could. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I think we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get more into this. We're going to answer some fan questions. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the news of Matthew Stafford going to IR. We're going to do a quick 30-ish minute podcast. And, and then we'll, we'll get to fan questions when we come back on the other side. So stick around. And welcome back to our emergency wee woo wee woo podcast. <laughs> so let me let me let me let you in on a secret real quick. Um, yeah. It's hard for since I started working in professional radio about like uh, God. When did I start? I think it was only a year after I started at Pride Detroit. Um, broad, I started working in broadcast radio first in Toledo and now with uh, National with Fox Sports Radio. It's hard for me to hear siren sounds without getting really worried because uh, here let me let me let you back into the background on some on some technical stuff. This I'm okay. sorry I'm I'm de- I'm derailing again. You know that EMS that uh, emergency weather service sound. Brank, yeah. Brank, yeah. Beep, yeah. So that that is very sacrosanct in the world of broadcast radio. Um. And when I started working first with Cumulus Media and then now with iHeart, in every piece of training material we had, it said, because we had to learn what the sound sounds like, and it said very carefully, be careful not to play the sound near a live mic because you can get fined up the butt if you have that sound go out and it's not actually an emergency weather service (laughs) alert. So when we start doing these fake warning sounds in my head, there's a part of me that is really tensing up. Well, safe to say there, there is no current Amber alert. There is no weather emergency. There is no Um, weather emergency. There's nothing like local emergency. There's not something like local 58 where the the moon is coming in to devour us all. (laughs) Well, we'll see about that. It's fine. It's very fun. If you don't want, Uh, but we're, we're back. We're talking about the Detroit Lions emergency, which is that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are returning in 2020. Um, I wanted to to open this up to our Twitch channel, uh, give them some 
some voice here, some questions that they may have for us. Um, actually, and, and the first one's actually uh, going to be about the the earlier news, or I'm sorry, the later news that uh, M- Matthew Stafford has also been placed on IR finally, weeks after suffering that back injury against the Raiders and five or six, six games in which he was just an inactive um, lingering on the roster for whatever reason. Um, Zack Snyder, or I'm assuming Zack Snyder, Z Snyder 84 asks, has there been anything about his back injury about it? You being know that. In you any need way to be the really? real Zack Snyder, the actual director this I didn't, time. Well, yeah, I, I said Zack Snyder. I didn't oh, say Oh, I thought you were talking about, oh, okay. I see what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe. I thought you just automatically assumed our, for, our friend formerly of Detroit Jock City, that Zack Snyder, <laughs> gentleman, a scholar, and not Zack Snyder, the director of Justice League. <laughs> Well, whoever Z Snyder 84 is, 84 tends makes me think it might not be the director, but who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. Asks if the back injury is in any way really due to back injury suffered last year. Well, that all depends on whether you take Matthew Stafford at his word because he has been insistent and has nothing to do with it. It's a different injury, um, but there hasn't really been clarity on what exactly this year's injury is. It's not exa- It's not the one that I think everyone thought it was initially, which is why that back scan happened and, and instead of, you know, showing up in, instead of it appearing to be, you know, a two to three week things, it turns out the lines shelved him for the rest of the year. Um, but Stafford has specifically insisted that it, that it was not related to last year. That all being said, your back, a back injury is a back injury. It's all the same general area. And if you, you overcompensate or anything like that, the back is a tricky, uh, you know, I've had back injuries before, and I'm not going to compare what I went through to to what Stafford's going through. But just any sort of back injury, you obviously have to be careful with because a lot tend to be lingering, a lot tend to be, um, you know, reoccurring that sort of thing. Again, if you take Matthew Stafford at his word, none of that is necessarily the case with his. He says he said specifically, once it's healed, it's healed, and it's expected to fully heal this off season. Um, there. At, at the time, it wasn't necessarily the offseason, but at this point, it's the offseason for him. Um, so whether it's a chronic condition or related to his last year's injury, Stafford will tell you no, but ultimately, we we don't really know. Yeah, listen, uh, I think a lot of people got worried way back when I know Dave Burkett mentioned that this is kind of similar in some ways, the injury Tony Romo took, I think that's right, Jeremy. I don't want to yeah. put words in Dave's mouth. Something I know like was, that, yeah. I know it got misinterpreted already, but like, yeah, that's, that's kind of, we all know what happened with Tony Romo, that it was just, it was rough for him to come back from that. And as I said in the, in the first segment too, like, I don't think you're getting the same Stafford back after this, but this was on, this was the writing on the wall. I just find it funny that this came within like an hour after being told, it's like, oh yeah, your jobs are safe. Yeah, because there were those reports out there that Patricia didn't rule out the possibility of maybe bringing him back this year. Right, and we all just thought that is psychotic. I don't. I. I just. I thought that was psychotic. You want that's that's what I mean by trying to win short term. Right there is just weird weird decisions you make like that. Yeah, Uh, especially when you're three ten and one and just only playing for a. for a draft spot, but right. Yeah. I, I think, I think people who think the lines were like, Oh, well, we don't have to like, we don't have to prove anything for the rest of the year. So mm-hmm. let's put Stafford on IR. That that's I mean, at least the look that you get that. Right, that that's is the, the message. Look. I don't think that's what's it's, going on, but it, it is. I, I don't of, either, but yeah. I'm just saying like, <laughs> that's the public perception. Sure. Like, I'm sorry when it's like, okay, your job is safe. Oh, all right. Let's put Stafford on IR now. Come <laughs> right. on. 
<laughs> I and and to be fair, I also cannot explain why he hasn't been on IR for the past six weeks. It no, none really of us make can. A lot of sense. None of us can. Like other than other than assaging Stafford's ego, we talked about this. Actually, you know what? I don't think we talked about it on a podcast that got put out air because it was during our off-air Twitch chats. But Stafford is one of these guys who, as I've said, of all quarterbacks in the NFL, if you get if you're a starting quarterback for a long period of time, you take on a rat mentality, which is like keep away, don't take my don't take my spot right. here, right? Don't take my spot. And for Stafford, I think we had the question of like about holding a clipboard. Does he learn anything watching on the sidelines? No, right. he doesn't, because all he's thinking about is getting <laughs> back on the field. And again, I, I brought up the example of, you know, how many times Ben Roethlisberger, like, you know, will watch a, a young, fresh quarterback while he's t- nursing an injury on the sideline, jump back in and completely ruin a drive. Or I think someone else gave me another great example. And I'm, well, I'm yeah, there's the Brock Osweiler, Peyton Brock Manning, Osweiler, Peyton Manning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right there. It didn't even matter that Peyton Manning was, a, was an anointed saint, even in his short time in Denver. He saw Brock Osweiler succeeding as like, I need to get back on the field no matter what happens, no matter if I throw a pick six going the other way or something, he needs to be on that field. So Stafford has to. <laughs> So Stafford just has to be there. So I think there was probably a lot of pushback from Stafford himself to avoid going on the injured reserve. There was that Schefter report that he was quote unquote maniacal about Mm -hmm. returning. So yeah, I think that's, that's a very descriptive word. Maniacal. Yeah. Um, All right, let's move on to another question here from stingray one, two, two, two. Yes. What would it take for the lines to not only look smart for returning Patricia and Quinn, but actually have the talent to be good enough for the playoffs. Whew. Uh, we got a minute. Uh, yeah, I mean, to answer your first question, I, I feel think like they this have needs to, win, to be a full podcast. Prompt, they have to, to they have to win a playoff game next year for for them to look yeah. smart. Like that's clear, clear cut and dry. Now, how how do they get there? They have to stay think, miraculously think, healthy. Uh, yeah, miraculously they, healthy, <laughs> miraculously. Or I mean, and then finally, like the the, the biggest thing is like, holy crap! Fine, can you get a pass rush? Yeah. Like, I know I, I was just arguing with Kent Lee Platty at Math Mom on Twitter about, you know, he his argument is basically, if you're not good at it, don't do it. Don't waste your time at it. I, I, I guess I agree with it, but it's a failure in multiple ways. It's a failure to get a good pass rush. Then it's a failure to coach up a pass rush if you don't have it. And then absent of that, it's a failure to implement a system that can thrive without a pass rush. It's a failure on three fronts. Two of them are coaching. One of them is on the front office. But you need one, man. This 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 league is you're not going to succeed in this league by just stopping the run. Like you need to adapt to 2020. You need to have a modern forward-facing team. And I think that's part of that's a lot of what I'm going to be looking at in this offseason and in this draft and in the coming free agency. You need to invest in pieces that are going to accomplish these goals. And I mean, I, I think I do, winning. Yeah, I, I, just, I do think I that the team tried this year, but unfortunately, their efforts were Trey Flowers, who's a solid piece, not a, an elite pass rusher. He's more of a well-rounded player than just mm-hmm. a pure pass rusher. They need a pure pass rusher. They don't have one. Um, they got Mike Daniels. That turned out to be a wildly unsuccessful feat. The guy was mostly injured this year, and when he wasn't, he only had really one or two games where he really looked like the Mike Daniels that, that we've seen in the past. 
And then obviously Deshaun Hand is the other pass rusher on this team, again from the interior, and the guy played, what, three games this year? Yeah. And so there needs to be a more concerted effort. There needs to be more depth. There needs to be more than, you know, re-signing Romeo Okwara, who isn't yeah, going I, to be that guy. I, I hear you relying say on Devon Kennard. I hear you say they tried, and all I think in my head is the Bart Simpson gif. That's, yes. The cake him taking the him taking the cake in the trash. Yeah. Like at it, least you tried. Like that's what you get. And I hate to, here we go. Sound my own alarm. Short menu in sports by way of my my mentor Rob Parker. Wins and losses. I had people yeah. once again in my in my Twitter mentions today defending the near losses to the Packers and the Chiefs. And like it doesn't matter. You need to win games. Year three. You, you want to talk about what's successful? You need to stop having moral victories and actually have victories, period. Yeah. That's yeah. what needs to happen. Like, No more talking about the potential of what this team could be. No more talking about... No more talking about, uh, you know, setting up for the future. No more talking about what could happen later in the season. I had someone today suggesting that as soon as, like, you know, six games happens, the Lions just started tanking. Like... You need to be realistic about this. You need to actually play for results. And you can't just give up and talk about injuries. You can't just give up and talk about, uh, you know, you just don't have the pieces to have a pass rush. You need to actually make a functional team in 2020. Absolutely. And and I can't remember what, you know, coaching legends said this, but they said there's basically four stages to an NFL team. There's stage one in which you're just getting your ass handed to you every week. Then there's stage two when you're mostly losing close games, but you're pretty competitive. I would say that's probably where the Lions are right mm. now. Then there's the next stage, which I would call the Jim Caldwell era, which is where you're, you're kind of winning those close games more than you're losing them. And then there's stage four in which you're an actual good team. You're an actual contender. You're beating the crap out of bad teams, and you're, you're playing good ball against good teams. I would say the Lions might have to make the jump from stage two to stage four next year. Because mediocrity is nine and nine and seven isn't good enough. If if we if we want to re you know pull that quote that non quote, that's a longer jump than than jumping to conclusions in fandom toll booth. <laughs> I'm sorry it, to go back to that that mid that, that I, that's one of my favorite mid uh, middle school books, and I'm going to use that reference. Yeah, you're going from two to four, man. Ooh, that's a big leap. That's a big leap. I don't trust it, but that again, as we say, like. You had no choice, I guess. I, I guess. I think they had a choice here, but I mean, honestly, all I'm doing at this point is raging against the past. The, the die's been cast. Aliakdes. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I just didn't think this guy was a good coach to begin with, man. I mean, all, he can, all he can really do is prove me wrong. That's all he can. That's his, that's his ceiling. Prove me wrong. Like, it, Well, here's the thing. Right now, he's proving me wrong, and as someone who was kind of staunchly against the what I considered at the time to be lazy criticism that he's just a, an, another list of Patriot cast-offs that's not going to work. My mm -hmm. argument was he had a franchise quarterback unlike a lot of these people. Um, he, he had you know great stories about players that are like, this is a more nurturing coach more so than an authoritarian. And, you know, he, he also had a, a built-in relationship with the GM, which is something that a lot of these coaching cast-offs like there'll be a lot of clashing between personnel between an old gm and a new patriots head coach i thought all those things were going to work in his favor but now it's turning out well turns out he is kind of the authoritarian turns out he is trying to bring these 
Patriots model of discipline and and no fun and 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 things that can potentially work, but when the results don't come, just kind of looks like you're being an asshole. Yeah, the and, other thing that needs to end in year three is all these kind of leaks about like, hey, the locker room's just not in a good spot. Sure. You need to and, really improve it, man. Like, here, like this this game is so mental. You you need to get guys to buy in, and you can't just you have no more time to keep overhauling the staff until you find true believers. You have to make compromises and work with people who aren't maybe your style of player. No more right. trades like Quandre Diggs. No more trades like Quandre Diggs. No more getting rid of guys just because you don't think they'll vibe in the locker room. You need to compromise yourself. That is what makes team worse. That is the great coaches of all time. Jimmy Johnson is one of the greatest coaches of all time, even though he was a college coach at both the NFL level and the college level. Why was he a great coach? Because he was able to work with so many different people and get them to buy into what he's doing. John Harbaugh right now, Great coach gets people to buy into what he wants. And not only that, also, you know, molds, like, works with what he has. It doesn't matter what he, he, this is the difference between Patricia and a guy like John Harbaugh. You throw a guy like John Harbaugh on a show like Iron Chef, he'll win. Because you can, you can say, here, here's your secret ingredient. It's tilapia. And he goes and makes wonderful dishes out of tilapia. Meanwhile, like. Patricia will say, why isn't this salmon? Yes. I wanted salmon. <laughs> why isn't this why isn't this Kobe beef? <laughs> why is this Wagyu? How can I how can I make this how can I make beef Wellington with with tilapia? You need to be flexible. And guess yeah. what? You you've got no time. You've got to be flexible in 2020. I've seen some changes in Patricia um not not a lot in that aspect in terms of yeah. Of listen, he's a first time head coach. He's had to learn on the go. You got to give yeah. him that. But yeah, I just think I think a lot of the personality stuff isn't that big of a deal anymore. I think he definitely toned down um, training camp, and obviously his, his relationship with the media is is a lot more harmonious than it was last year, and his punctuality is better. But in terms of like philosophy that stuff is harder to change that stuff is more ingrained into who he is um and 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 what he wants a football team to look like so yeah that flexibility of of getting a piece that might not be you know getting a linebacker that might be 245 pounds instead of 250 or 260 but he can actually cover he can actually blitz he can actually shed blocks you got to have a little bit, a little bit of room, wiggle room there, and and I realize a guy like Bob Quinn might be hesitant to do that because guess what, he he probably broke a, a rule or two of his when he drafted Tease Tabor, and that one blew up in his face. But mm-hmm. at some point, you have to sac, you have to stop sacrificing talent for your exact mold of a player. No, and, exactly. You you have to you you have no more time. You have to work with what you have. Yeah. Um. And I think that's something we're going to see. Uh, that is the, you know, that's kind of the inverse to my concern about you will make short-term gains in order to preserve your job by sacrificing long-term plans. The flip side is you have to learn very quickly on the fly what it means to be adaptable. Right. And some people thrive and some people don't when that, when that, when that, uh, when that pressure is suddenly on them. Yep. All right. I think, I think we might leave it there. Um, yeah, I'm getting a knock a on the door. Discussion. I think my friend is back from like lifting weights. So <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of discussion about, about this. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more on Sunday after the game. Uh, but for now, we appreciate you listening to our emergency podcast. Um, be sure to 
give us a rating, giving us likes, giving us five stars if you want. Give us a comment about about whatever y'all want to talk about. And we will see you guys on Sunday. Remember, 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. 8 p.m. Eastern. That's what we do. And I want to do it before we log off because I don't give too many more times to say this. Uh, Can I do it? Go for it, dude. Do I even explain where this is from before I'm gone or just let it happen? No, just just let it be your legacy. See you, Starside. Thank <laughs> you.